Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of Good News Lutheran Church of Mount Horeb, Wisconsin. The following sermon was preached on February 8th, 2015, on the basis of Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 17. I'm guessing we've all seen those bumper stickers or those signs or even those t-shirts that say, I would rather be and then fill in the blank with some activity. Well, this week I wanted to ask the all-knowing Google what the most popular way to complete that sentence was. I would rather be... Do you know what showed up right at the top of the list? Yeah, I would rather be fishing. Apparently all kinds of people would rather be fishing. And so it shouldn't surprise us one bit that as Jesus talks to his brand new disciples about this work of evangelism, this work of spreading the good news, he compares it to an activity that they are very familiar with and an activity that a lot of people enjoy doing. He says, I will make you fishers of men. But you know, as I did that Google search, I was looking for one specific activity. It wasn't on the first page of results or even the second or the third. Finally, I found it way down the list the activity of running. I would rather be running. Apparently, very few people feel that way. And so it is a bit surprising that when the Apostle Paul talks about that very same activity, the activity of evangelism, he compares it to running. He says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Fishing and running. Two different activities, one very popular, the other not so much. And yet even though Jesus and Paul compare the same activity to these two different activities, they're really making the same exact point. And as we look at that truth from Scripture today, it's a truth from God's Word that frankly makes finding the motivation to do this work of evangelism sometimes very difficult. The point that both Jesus and Paul are making is that evangelism, like fishing and like running, takes a great deal of patience. You see, you might absolutely despise running, and yet I can think of all kinds of activities where you would break into a dead sprint without even thinking twice. Let's say your child is wandering further and further down the driveway, closer and closer to the busy street. You're going to sprint, right? Let's say you catch the eyes of that dearly loved friend that you haven't seen in years but has come to visit and you see them from across the airport terminal. You might run to give her a hug. Let's say you're at the fridge getting a snack and the couch is all the way in the other room and all of a sudden the game comes back on sooner than you thought it would and off you go. Sometimes you just have to run, right? And yet that's not what Paul is talking about when he compares evangelism to running. Evangelism isn't a sprint. It's not a 100-meter dash. It's not even a 5K. Paul wants us to know, as we turn our attention to the Word of God this morning, that evangelism is a marathon, not a sprint. Now, that might sound a bit odd, because as we turn our attention to these verses, we see that the very first thing Paul says sort of puts us at the finish line of evangelism. He says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's ultimately where we're trying to get with sharing the gospel, isn't it? We want people to believe in Jesus. We want them to call on the name of the Lord. We want them 
to be saved. And so Paul takes us right to the finish line. And it's just that simple. Call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. And yet even though it's a very simple point, it's one that deserves a little bit of our attention this morning. You see, Paul had just made the point prior to these verses that there are really two different ways that people try to be saved, that people try to get to heaven and try to get God's approval. The one way is to pursue a righteousness of your own. Do enough good things, check enough things off of that to-do list before God. God will be happy with you. He'll bring you to heaven. Your own righteousness. The other way is to simply put all of your trust and all of your confidence in the righteousness that God gives as a free gift in His Son, Jesus Christ. You might think of it this way. Let's say last Sunday you happened to find yourself down in Phoenix, Arizona, the day of the Super Bowl. And after the Super Bowl, evening sets in and you find out where the biggest, most impressive post-game Super Bowl party in the whole city is located. All kinds of celebrities are there. All kinds of athletes, football players are at that party. Everyone wants to be there and you know where it is. So you drive up, you walk up to the door and there's that big burly guy with the shaved head who's doing security, and he says, why should I let you in? You could say one of two things. You could say, do you have any idea who I am? Do you have any idea what I've accomplished, what I've done? Or you could say, you know what, I know so-and-so, and I'm with so-and-so. That person made sure that my name got on the list that you're holding of people that get to go into the party. And really, it works exactly the same way when it comes to our relationship with God. When you stand before God in judgment, you can say one of two things. Lord, do you have any idea who I am? Do you know what I've accomplished? Do you know all the things that I've done for you? Of course, we know where that path leads, right? Or, and it's as easy as this, you can say to God, you know what? I know my Savior Jesus, and I'm with him. And with his own precious blood that he shed on the cross, he wrote my name on that list you're holding, on that book of life. And we know where that path leads to. That's what it means to call on the name of the Lord it's as simple as that. And Paul gives us this incredible news that everyone, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So like I said, Paul kind of starts us out at the finish line of this race. This is where we're trying to get. And yet if you've ever stood at the finish line of a marathon, you know that it's a little bit different than, say, a track meet. At a track meet, you can see the entire course, you can see the entire race, but at a marathon, you can only see a very small fraction of the course. And so if you're standing there at the finish line, and as those runners start streaming in, as exhausted as they might look, it's a little bit tough to appreciate how far they've run because you can't see the vast majority of the course. So yes, Paul starts us out at the finish line, but he actually wants to take us back step by step so that we can see the entire course, the entire process of evangelism. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then he says, 
how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? Makes good sense, right? You wouldn't stand there before God and say, I know Jesus, unless you believe deep down in your heart that Jesus has the ability, that Jesus has the credentials to get you in to heaven. How can they call on one they have not believed in? Paul goes on. How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? This is a really important one. Paul is telling us that faith in Jesus does not and cannot come from inside of us. Picture it this way. Picture your, your mind and your heart as if they were a television. By nature, you get one channel. And it's the channel that tells you to pursue a righteousness of your own, to earn your standing before God and your way to eternal life. That other channel that talks about Jesus and everything that he's done for you, it doesn't come in. You don't get that signal by nature. But thankfully, God has taken two satellite dishes and put them on either side of our head so that we can get that other signal, so that we can hear about Jesus, so that all of this wonderful news about what he's done for us can get into our mind and into our heart. In fact, this is still true even after you become a Christian. When you wake up tomorrow morning, Monday morning, bright and early, brand new week, what's the first thing that pops into your head? Everything that you need to do, right? We're just wired that way. We're wired to think that way. And so for us to be convinced that our checklist before God has been completely checked off by Jesus, we need to hear that message again and again and again. Over and over, Paul says, how can they believe in one of whom they have not heard? Next he says, how can they hear without someone preaching to them? This is kind of an important one, too. I don't know about you, but, but have you ever thought at times, maybe even subconsciously, that sharing the good news about Jesus, telling other people about Jesus, maybe isn't so important because, after all, don't we have this nice little book called the Bible where everything that a person would ever want to know about Jesus is all written in one place? And, after all, hasn't everyone come across a Bible at some point in their lives. At some point, we all stay at a Holiday Inn and we open up that drawer of the bedside table and there it is, right? Everything that you need to know about Jesus in one nice, easy place. But as much as it is nice that the Gideons put those Bibles there, we can probably just all admit that no one reads the hotel Bibles, especially not unbelievers. And as much as it is a wonderful blessing for us to have that book where everything we need to know about God is in one place, God also knows that, generally speaking, unbelievers don't wake up one morning and simply decide to open the Bible and start reading. And so God stresses the importance of someone telling them about Jesus. Of course, that's where you and I come into play. How can they hear unless someone preaches to them? Finally, Paul says, how can they preach unless they are sent? So this is kind of where evangelism starts. This is the very beginning. As God seeks to carry out his plan in the world, he takes all of his people, all of his players, and he puts them in exactly the right formation. All of his personnel are deployed to exactly the right spot. He puts you in a very specific 
place in life surrounded by very specific individuals, and he gives you very specific opportunities to share the good news about Jesus with them. If you're a parent, I think it's safe to say that job one is your children. Don't forget about your spouse. They need to hear that good news too. Don't forget about the people sitting around you. Remember again that just because we are Christians, once we become Christians, it doesn't mean that we don't need to hear that good news anymore. But then also think about that coworker, or that neighbor or that relative who isn't hearing the good news on a regular basis or who doesn't know it at all. God puts you into their life for that specific reason as well. So evangelism starts by God sending us to a very specific place. So we've got sending, preaching, hearing, believing, calling on, being saved. Kind of sounds exhausting, doesn't it? This course that Paul lays out for evangelism is a long one, which is again why evangelism is a marathon, not a sprint. If you do happen to like running and maybe even enjoy running longer distances, maybe you're a little bit like me in that you don't like running over the same stretch of road twice. In fact, I generally don't enjoy going out from my house in one, on one path and then coming back home on exactly the same path. I certainly don't like to do the same loop over and over and over again. Because what happens? Every time you come back to that starting point, which is probably your house, you're tempted to quit to be done, to give up, even if you told yourself you were going to run two or three more laps. And in the same way, as we think about this work of evangelism, sure, it might seem like a really long course that Paul lays out for us, but we might also think, well, at least if I follow the course, I'm eventually going to get to the finish line. I'm going to share the gospel of Jesus with someone. They're going to believe it. They're going to call on the name of the Lord. And one day, I'm going to have the joy of seeing them in heaven with me. And yet, as you well know, it doesn't always work out that way. In fact, it didn't even work that way for the Apostle Paul. So many of the people he had told about Jesus didn't believe it, that Paul was led to say, who even has believed our message? So many of his own countrymen had not believed that message that it just broke Paul's heart. And we know exactly how that feels. Just this past week, I had a couple conversations, a couple individuals that, that we as a church had established contact with, either through our door-to-door efforts or, or some other type of activity, and we had just begun to be able to share the good news about Jesus with more opportunities hopefully coming, and then all of a sudden they say, you know what, maybe sometime down the road, but for right now I'm just not interested. Nothing left to do but start that course over with someone completely different. One more lap around the circle. The other reason why evangelism is this marathon and not a sprint is not only because the course is so long, but because there's nothing we can do except run that lap over and over and over again and leave the results up to God. So if all of that is true, if evangelism really is a marathon and not a sprint, then there's kind of one big important question left for us to think about. Have you ever said to yourself, I simply must go out and run a marathon? 
Probably not, right? Where are we going to find the drive, the energy, the motivation to do the activity that God calls us to do when there are so many reasons to stop, so many reasons to quit, and so many reasons to give up? Thankfully, Paul has one more thing that he wants to say to us this morning. He says, Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. So again, Paul had just said about, he had just talked about how many people didn't believe the good news that he proclaimed to them. So yes, on the one hand, not everyone who hears the good news will believe. But on the other hand, no one will believe unless they hear. Unless they hear this wonderful message. You see, we're all on the same page that faith in Jesus is the only thing that can save Paul wants to remind us that hearing the message is the only thing that can lead a person to faith. Which makes it truly remarkable that the ones that God has entrusted with getting that message out are you and I. Paul had just said that God has sent us into the world. He didn't send his son to get this news out. He didn't send the angels to get this news out. He sends you and me. And the more we ponder what a privilege it is that God has sent us, the more and more you and I will say to ourselves, I simply must go out and run that marathon. Actually, there was one person in history who simply had to go out and run a marathon. He happened to also have been the first person in history to ever run a marathon. Have you heard that story before? It's one of those stories from ancient Greece, and so no one really knows if it's true or if it's made up. But it's a story about this guy named Pheidippides. And Pheidippides was from Athens, and at that time, the Athenian army had been sent out to a city on the coast called Marathon, because that's where the Persians had landed their ships and were invading Greece. And even though the Athenians were vastly outnumbered in this battle, somehow they pulled out a miraculous victory. And so Pheidippides was sent on this mission. He had to run from Marathon all the way back to Athens to tell the people there, first of all, the joyful news of their victory, but second of all, the urgent warning that the Persians might be circling around and heading directly for Athens. So a message of joy and a message of urgency. Isn't that exactly what God has given to us? The incredible news that Jesus Christ has won the victory for us and that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Which means that everyone who doesn't won't. What an honor and what a privilege that God has entrusted us with the responsibility of running this evangelism marathon. What a privilege that the beautiful feet that go bounding over the mountains to deliver this good news are feet that belong to you and me. Amen. For more information about Good News Lutheran Church, visit www.goodnewslc.org.